0: It, right? <laughs> and I just love how even in the songs that we're singing, like we're declaring the truth of the gospel. We heard it in every single song there, and it's just like, yeah, that stuff is true. It's always true. And as we as we declare it, it like does something to us, right? Like I feel like, hmm, yeah, this is right. This is true. My heart feels changed. So, anyways, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've been in the series called Coming Together, which is basically just talking about some of the practices, right, that we want to be doing as we're coming together on Sunday mornings and throughout the week and stuff. But I feel like over, I mean, Tom's been talking about this too, but, you know, over the course of the whole COVID season of life, we have done a lot of figuring out, like, what is what are we actually doing, right? Like, church has been kind of you know, pulled apart a bit and like, so what What actually really matters? What are we doing? What is the purpose of what we're doing? The why behind what we're doing? And so we've come to these um, practices again of things like confession and communion. And today we're talking about commission um, that really help to ground us and form us and shape us. And so the goal is that we're actually practicing these things on a regular basis with each other. So even like we were singing today, the truth of the gospel, like that forms us as we sing those songs, as we take communion together. Those things form us and shape us um, so that we can actually be intentionally learning with the purpose of going and making disciples. So today I will be focusing on commission, which, I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm sure you have heard the the scripture that Isaiah actually uh, read today about going and making disciples, which is the commission of Jesus. So why do we practice this commission? Why is this important to us? Well, first and foremost, Jesus told us to. (laughs) He looked at his disciples and he said, go and make disciples. And so we want to obey Jesus. Um, Also, God is a pursuing God. He has been from the very beginning, even in Eden when Adam and Eve sinned, God was the one who went after them. He pursued them. And we as his people are called to be like him. Therefore, we are to be going and pursuing others. Um, So we do this because this is the way of Jesus. um, And we do it because he has designed us to do it that way. The thing is, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this is an area of my life where I can tend to be pretty passive. And even in preparing this message, over the, over the last months, God has really been challenging me in this. But even in preparing this, I'm like, ooh, it is conviction. There's a, there's a lot of passivity in me in this area. And, I mean, there are so many reasons for why that can be. And I'm sure we can all come up with our reasons, you know, when you feel like you should share something with someone. And there's all the reasons why not to. But I have a few, just as I was preparing, that I feel are pretty substantial across the board, and hopefully you can relate to these, and then just the challenge to move beyond them again and into going and making disciples. So number one, the challenge or the the reason we don't often share the gospel is because we don't know it very well. Um, Practically, even how to communicate the gospel Um, I grew up in church, I got saved when I was a little kid, I remember my mom reading me this little devotional about Jesus washing our sin, our hearts white as snow, and I remember this, just this ache in my heart, like, I want Jesus to do that to my heart, and she explained it all to me, and I prayed, and I received Jesus, and that began my relationship with him, Um, I definitely had a time of my life where I walked away from him, and then, His gospel hit me again later in life and I repented and came back to him Um, but actually there was this time um, when I was working with YWAM it wasn't actually until this time that I was challenged to actually know what the gospel was. I remember going to Nepal and our contact there he was like the guy who organized all of our outreaches and our our um, stuff there our teaching and stuff and he challenged us as a group we would get together every morning and we would spend time praying and in worship and he said i want you to come ready with a two to three minute version of your own testimony and a two to three minute version of the gospel message and i'm not going to tell you who's going to share that but you're going to have to come ready because i might just point to you and tell you it's your turn to share and so every single day we would come ready uh, having practiced these things and we would share it and, and then the whole group as a collective, it was like practicing and they would say, oh, you know, this was really good. You focused really well on this, but you actually missed the whole part about like Jesus dying on the cross <laughs> or like whatever it was, we missed." <laughs> Believe me, when you're like put in that spot where you have to like be clear and concise, it's crazy the things you leave out. And you're like, oh yeah, that was pretty important. <laughs> so, but it was, it was cool because it just started to challenge us. Like, do we actually know? Like, if someone were to say, like, so what's the deal with this Jesus you follow? Like, honestly, I'd be like, Uh, (laughs) like, I wouldn't even know what to say. (laughs) And so I feel like we need to actually practice speaking the gospel. And not just, like, the bare bones sort of Sunday school version of the gospel, but there's actually a quote of Dallas Willard, and it says, What you present as the gospel will determine what you present as discipleship. And gospel and discipleship are so together, right? Because it's like, you hear the gospel, you respond. You become a disciple of Jesus. But often we forget about that whole part when we're sharing the message of Jesus. The response part isn't just like, oh, invite him into your heart and then you'll go to heaven. It's like, guess what? Your whole entire life is now changed. You actually now live in a whole other kingdom And a whole other other reality where Jesus is king, you are now his apprentice. You actually follow him. He shapes who you are, what you think, how you live, all of your actions, everything about you. And and I think we kind of miss that a lot in our messages of not, like, not here, but just in in the West. (laughs) Sorry. Actually, I think we've done a really good job of, like, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? That's what we've been learning over these last years. Because we need to know. And that's the point. Um, but I think there, is, there tends to be this way of the gospel that we hear preached that, um, in the Western world anyways, that is like, just do this, and it's like your free pass to heaven sort of thing. There's no like relationship or following. And so I think we actually need to know the message of the gospel and then the fullness of that and what it looks like as followers of Jesus to welcome people in because we're actually the ones who are an introduction and an invitation to a new way of living for people who have never met Jesus That's right. right so they need to like it's a challenge because you got to live what you say yeah. and then you got to say what you live and the cool thing with that is that as we the more we speak it it does something to us it changes us we learn it we live it we speak it we learn it we live it it's like this multidimensional sort of forward moving Thing that happens, and it's it's actually really important um, that we continue to to keep that balance of not only just like living it and helping people notice, but also speaking it and declaring the tr- truth of of who Jesus is. So, um, yeah. So that's point number one. Just trying to see if there's anything here. I think I heard anything. I to say. Uh, number two reason. Or why we often don't share the gospel and get out on mission is because we think it's irrelevant for today. And like, I wouldn't think that in my own, like I wouldn't say that I feel that way, but there are definitely times where I feel like, oh, that person doesn't really want to know what I think or what I believe. And actually, I have some chilling statistics here that was like, wow, when I read them. Um, 60% of Born again, I do this because when you hear what I'm going to say, you're going to be like, are they born again? Anyways, 60% of born again Christians in America say they do not think Jesus is the only way. 60%. What? Like, what? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Also, three out of five millennial Christians believe it's an offense or offensive to share their faith with someone in the hope that they would also believe. Three out of five, that's more than 50% of people feel like it's it's too offensive to share. Even though actually a, a large, I can't remember what the percentage was, but a large majority of those people did believe Jesus is, like their faith has changed their life, Jesus is wonderful, and all of this stuff. But then, okay, so would you share that? Nope, because it's offensive to actually impose my viewpoints on somebody else. So wow, right? So we're here with this... Like fabulous, beautiful, absolute truth and salvation for people and we feel like it's irrelevant and we're missing it and our culture is like we live in a time of deconstruction right now people are tearing stuff apart and especially faith and um, it's swinging into all kinds of extremes and it does feel like people are more hostile to the, the message of the gospel and to Christianity and to the idea of Jesus but the truth is is that God's truth is true no matter what. And it is true in everything. It's like the only concrete truth that we can actually say is true in every situation. Um, And as people are pulling things apart, like I'm even watching this with some of the people that I know that are followers of Jesus, they're kind of starting to pull these threads and pull things apart and it's leading to more confusion and it's pulling them away. And they're taking on more of what culture says is true and again, breeding more confusion and it's just muddled and messy and, and it feels like, I believe we're gonna get to a point where people are so lost and muddled that we are literally just desperate for the real truth, right, like that can only cause that. When you're just like, it's a haze, what is even true anymore? You come to a point where you just need real truth and I think that's why it's so important for us to know the truth, to know our scriptures, to know what the word of God says. Like when we even ourselves struggle in our own faith, Tom and I have gone through some real dark seasons where we're like questioning stuff like, is this what we believe even true? Like, is God even real? Like all of those things. We have battled through those things in seasons of our lives, but the thing that has always kept us grounded and keeping coming back is the Word of God. Like believing that is true, it keeps us grounded and keeps us coming back. Um And so we have to stay the course. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching you have heard from me in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit. And now I'm not talking about, I'm just going to give a little disclaimer here. (laughs) Not talking about using scripture as a weapon for your own opinions. I mean, there's a lot going on around vaccines and politics and sexuality and all kinds of big, huge topics that people are using scripture to just wield around. You wield, yield, anyways, wield around like it's a weapon. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about staying the course, living grounded, consistent lives that look like Jesus, and staying in the truth. And the cool thing with that is it—that is the most relevant. For anyone you come into contact with, right. when you look, I love how we can look at Scripture. We can look at Jesus. Like he actually came and lived so that we could like have the example set before us, and he's so good <laughs> at doing that for us. Thank you. Um, but he came, and if you think about, like he had a zealot, which is like um, an anti-political guy. <laughs> Could, could but you know what I mean? like he was like rah rah against the government, and he had a tax collector and his closest friends like imagine the conversations they might have had um, and people coming to him from all different angles, everybody looking for something, and every single time Jesus spoke to someone every single time they encountered him, it was like psh- relevant right to the heart because the truth of the gospel reaches matters of the heart it doesn't it 's not about all the other things going on around. It's like straight to the heart of the matter, which is what God is after. And so as we actually trust scripture, we trust Jesus, we trust the Holy Spirit, we know that this is what's true, we will be the most relevant in a season of life that feels like there's a lot of stuff that feels irrelevant. But the gospel is not irrelevant today. It is probably more relevant as time goes on, right? Um... Okay, and then number three, which this is where I feel like I was like, ooh. But anyways, maybe you can relate to me. I am often too busy being self-centered to look around me and get on mission. Uh, This is where God has really been challenging me. I think because it's easy for me to just exist in my own little bubble. I homeschool my kids. I don't even have to leave my house if I don't want to. but it's like it's so easy for us to create these little worlds where we feel safe, even in within Christian community. It's so easy for us to all of our friends just be part of the church or part of our Christian community. We're never actually reaching out. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with Christian community. That's actually we need that absolutely. Yeah. And our little bubbles of home and those things are good. But if we're never going beyond that, there's a problem. Yeah, right. um, also, we're really good at. Praying that God would save the lost, yep. um, asking Him to for salvation for people, but we're not always willing to be the ones to go and be the hands and feet. Um, Jesus says to He says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Pray that God sends workers into the fields, but then He also says, "Go and make disciples." Yep. So we can be sometimes so willing to pray, which is absolutely vital. He's telling us to pray but are we willing to be actually the workers that he wants to send into the fields? And this is where I feel like I'm really challenged um, because it's, it's not just like, yeah, it's, it's everyone we encounter, right? Yeah. Um, and I think in our, in our Western mindset, we have this idea that we come to church and we are, this is meant to encourage our relationship with God and to grow us personally in our relationship with God. And yes, that absolutely is true. But the purpose of church is actually intended to encourage and train us up and build us up so that we go and we live the gospel in our everyday lives, in everything that we're doing. And we actually are then multiplying, seeing the gospel multiply and we're making disciples. Um, The gospel and the commission of Jesus is absolutely others focused. It's not self focused. And Jesus, again, was the example of that. Like, he just was there for everybody. He saw everybody that came to him. And, but the thing that's really cool that I was thinking about this, because sometimes we can be like, okay, well, but what about me? Like, what about my own growth and relationship with God? But walking people, walking with people in discipleship and actually living on mission is one of the most effective ways to grow our own relationship with God. Because we are formed as we walk it out. Our own healing and wholeness is somehow worked out in this process. We're actually sanctified as we live life with people and coming to the edge of our own comfort zones and our own abilities. And we're like, oh, yeah, we get into real dependence on God when we get into like the mess of real life with people, right? And I think it's so easy for us to kind of hole up and be like, okay, well, this is good. Like, my relationship with God is good, and and it's good. But that's not, like, if you want to grow, step out <laughs> and get out and, and talk to people, meet people, get invested in the people that Jesus actually is calling us to. And it's exciting, and it's scary, and it's real, real, and it's... Our neighbors and our bosses it's our friends at school josh is praying for all the people going back to school it's the kids you're sitting beside in school it's you know teachers it's the kids in front of you in the classroom um it's people at the gym it's the shop owners in the town it's like it's everyone and that can feel big but there's people that god has already put in our lives we just need to open our eyes and see who it is and again following jesus and looking to his example i love that he saw people, like he never hurried past people. One of my favorite stories is actually when someone comes to Jesus and says, my daughter's just died, I need you to come. And they're kind of, obviously their daughter's dead, they're urgent, like please come, do something. And he's on his way. And this old, I don't know if she was old actually, I shouldn't say old, anyways, woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> this lady is just, I can just touch the, touch the hem of his garment. Like, I don't even need him to notice me, I just wanna touch him, I know I'll get healed. And, and she did. And Jesus felt the power go out from him. He could have just left it at that. But he stopped, and he turned, and he saw her. And he looked her in the eye, and he gave her her dignity. And he, like, those those people matter. Yeah. And he never overlooked. I think about Zacchaeus in the tree. He was, like, hated by people because he was a tax collector, right? And... um like this little guy that everyone's like, ugh, about, right? And so he climbs a tree because he wants to get a good look at Jesus just to see what all the hype is about. And Jesus, like, walking through a busy crowd, stops at the tree, looks up at him, and he's like, hey, I'm coming to your house. Like, would you just fall out of the tree? I'd be like, what? Me? Okay. But, like, transformed life out of that. Like, Zacchaeus was totally changed because Jesus stopped and took the time. And so I think we underestimate the power of just seeing people. And letting God lead us into those moments where we just stop being busy, and look around us, and actually take the time to see the people that God's putting in our place. Um, yeah, so number four would be fear and overwhelm. <laughs> yeah, often we don't get out on mission and share this gospel because it's straight overwhelming. I don't know about you, but how many? Show of hands, maybe. How many people have had a moment over the last little while where you have just felt completely overwhelmed with the state of the world? Yeah, we're not alone in that. That's, like, what is going on, right? And, like, okay, me being honest, I can say, probably on a daily basis, I've been like, oh, Jesus, just come back. I, that's what I say. And I feel, like, I feel like even this week he's been like, yeah, you're missing the point. Because <laughs> he was the one who said... When the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth, then the end will come. But I'm like, just come now and like pull me out of this craziness that's happening. But the truth is, like, we're not here to hide. We're not here to hide in our fear and in our overwhelm. We were created for such a time as this. There's a reason we have been created and put on this planet in this time. And God has done that on purpose. And so... We need to recognize that raising up kids in this time feels really scary and overwhelming. But we're actually raising children to know and follow Jesus and live a whole other way of life that actually is going to change the world one person and one heart at a time. And and that's the thing, we we see one person and one heart at a time. Don't get overwhelmed, don't get overwhelmed. Because when we see the crowds, (laughs) it's like, how do we even make a difference? but when we just see the person in front of us, it's not as scary and overwhelming. And again, look into Jesus for the example. He lived in a super hot political time. The Jews were oppressed by the Romans and everybody was looking for a king to just set them free from this. It was awful. They hated it and they thought, a lot of them were like, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna do it. He's gonna be the king and we're gonna be set free from these guys.
1: There were also the Pharisees
0: that had their own take on who is this Jesus and expecting things from him and then all the needs of the crowds of the people. He was pulled in so many directions or could have been pulled in so many directions and yet Jesus went along paced with heaven and the mission of heaven and he went along unhurried and he he said he did what he saw the Father doing and what he saw the Father doing led him to each person in front of him. It didn't lead him to Overwhelm of the needs of the crowd, but the the one person that Jesus put in, or that was put in front of him, he was always engaged, unhurried, and invested. And I'm sure, I'm sure he had moments of like overwhelm and exhaustion, but then he would go away and he would be with the Father and he would recharge and he would rest and he would come back and he would just keep on the Father's business. And I think sometimes it's simpler than we make it. We often make it so complicated. um, And we think God's calling us to more. God's calling us to more. And yes, he is. But often the more is deeper than it is wide. And for us to just be able to, like, really go deep and even into good relationship with people. Like, discipleship needs life-on-life stuff. We can't just, like, spout out the gospel and hope that people figure it out from there, which is, yeah, not okay. (laughs) We need... Discipleship. We need to walk life together with people, but we get to look to the Father and the greatness of God and the big picture of the kingdom, and let it actually lead us to the people that God sets before us. Um, And the cool thing is, is He's already put people in our paths. Like we were at a thing, and we were at the church in Ajax. Vic and Tanya standards church we were just with their leadership team this weekend and one of the guys was saying you know he used to go to the gym and he had this whole group of guys that he was really pouring into and praying for and and then gyms were all closed and he just felt like evangelism and like the mission stuff has just really been ground that he feels he's lost over this time and he's kind of like complaining about it to God and like well, what am I supposed to do like you know and then he's started swimming and he's like, you know, weeks and weeks into swimming or whatever. And, um, and then he sees this guy beside him and he's like, oh, he looks pretty grumpy. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to him kind of thing. Then he's like, you know what, I'm going to talk to him. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And the guy's like, oh, great. How are you doing? And they just started this whole conversation. And now they're good friends and they swim together all the time. And he's got like a whole new person to add to his prayer list. He just had to actually stop. Wanting what was and actually open his eyes to see who was in front of him Um, So yeah, I feel like Sorry, let me check here Yeah, just we we can look at the we can look at the broad picture of the world and become completely overwhelmed and just hide But when we look at actually the broad picture of the kingdom and of Jesus' call to us, we actually can trust that he will lead us into each and every relationship that we have that he's intended for us to have. Um, So, that being said, I have a few challenges that I want to leave us with here. And so, I guess... I mean, I'm here to remind us, like, obviously there's struggle in, in, in walking out in mission. There's struggle in reaching out. There's all these reasons why. These are only a few. I can think of more. But the purpose of this is, like, we want to start these rhythms and these practices on an ongoing basis because we want to consistently be challenging ourselves and each other to be stepping out. We want to be formed by this. We, we, we need to be reminded of the mission. We need to be reminded that this isn't just for us to be filled up and then you know, living a good life. It's like, it goes beyond us. It fills us and then changes us and then goes beyond us to the people around us. And if we're not reminding ourselves and each other all the time, we forget. We always forget and we get really self-focused. So, um Again, this is just another rhythm of that. So I want to challenge us um, this week and moving forward um, with a couple of just really practical things. Number one, learn the gospel. Practice it. Practice the message of the gospel with your family. Practice it with your group of prayer ladies. Practice it with your kids at the dinner table. Practice actually sharing the message and and. And learn it in its fullness, like the gospel and also what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus. So that when the time comes when you're, you know, given an opportunity, you're not like me when you go, (laughs) um, no, no. And then also learn it in a way that you let it sink in. Like, learn it deeply in your own life. Because in order for us to actually be able to communicate this and live like it's true, we actually need to know it deeply and recognize it in our own lives. We need to recognize that we need this every single day, that it is true and relevant every single day for our own selves and for those around us. So learn it practically, but also let it sink in. Um, And then learn the people around you. I wanna challenge us to open our eyes and just see even one person in your life that God has put, maybe it's like the lady that walks her dog past your house every day, or, you know, I don't know, it could be anybody, but even just remembering somebody's name. I'm so bad with names. I literally have to write them down. It's where I ask Lily, cause she's really good at that. <laughs> but like, even if we have to, or like details about people or special things about, that they've told us, like, remember those things. If you have to write them down, it may feel kind of weird at first, but like pay attention to those things in people's lives. Um, and then look for cues because people so often are giving us an open door to go deeper into conversation and we are too nervous to step on toes or ask questions that could offend to even go there and I have so many examples of this but even just recently I've been kind of befriending this one um, lady and uh, I go into her store and she a couple times just has like said really like personal kind of things to me, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. And I feel kind of like, I should probably ask you more, but then I'm like, I don't want to offend you, so I just don't say anything, I change the subject. That's happened twice. I'm like, I leave and I'm like, oh, I should have asked her what I meant, like what she was meaning by that. And then the third time it happened, I was intentionally like slow about it. And I like, at first I was kind of like, okay. And then I was like, well, So, what do you mean when you said that? Like, let's go back to that. Hold on a second. What were you meaning when you said that? Like, what's going on there? And then she, like, opened up and talked about this whole thing about wanting to have a baby and all this stuff. I was like, wow, okay. So, it's like people are wanting to share themselves. Often they'll, like, throw those little things out there, and most people, including me, just brush over it. I don't want to, it seems too personal. I don't want to go there. But, like, that's not the way Jesus is. He's like, hey, what's going on there? And he sees it and he he gives attention to it. And so I want us to be challenged to pay attention and to see those open doors that people are giving us and to have those conversations. Um, Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I'd like to just pray and then we can have time of worship. I do have a handout. It's just, um, this is just like a statement kind of of the gospel and some scripture at the bottom. It's part of like our, our statement of faith, I think. It's on our website. But I just print, we just printed it off. And this is just kind of like guideposts for when you're practicing knowing the message of the gospel because, like I said, it's really easy when you're like put on the spot to forget things like Jesus dying for your sin. So um, everybody can take one of those. But I'm just going to pray. If everyone wants to just stand up with me for a minute we can pray. So Father, I thank you for your plans and for your way of doing things. I thank you that it was your intention to include us in the mission of your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, that you were the example that you came for us and that you didn't just leave us lost. And then you showed us what it looked like to live life in a new way. And then you told us to go. And you're not only just telling us to go, but you're empowering us with your spirit. You're giving us everything that we need to go. And so I just pray, Lord, that in a fresh way, we would feel stirred in our own hearts and lives to really follow the call and the commission that you have given us. I pray, Lord, that we would not rush through life and miss the people that you've placed in our lives. Thank you, I pray that we would not rush past your still small voice when you're nudging us to actually say something or speak or ask a question. Lord, forgive us for the times where we felt just too busy or preoccupied or irrelevant or whatever it was that caused us to just not reach out. It caused us to just not speak. And I thank you, Lord, that you always give us new opportunities. Thank you that you are teaching us and growing us along the way. And so we repent from all of these reasons. There Some of them feel totally legitimate reasons. And yet, nothing is actually too hard for you. And through your spirit, we can actually follow the call that you've given us yeah. and so help us to follow your leading to listen to your voice give us the big picture of the kingdom and the person right in front of us yes. thank you, hmm. I pray Holy Spirit just for a fresh feeling over each one here right now just pour your spirit into us today thank you that it's your delight to give us the things of the kingdom and so but there's a purpose there there's a purpose for us to go and actually do the work that you're calling us to lord to live lives that are gospel lives so fill us with your spirit pray that we would become more and more like jesus each day thank you for the way that you teach us and grow us and draw us into more lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, we leave it on, sorry. Oh, I turned it off. I'm sorry.